Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We are supposed to be able to see things with our heart that you can't see with your eyes. You're supposed to be able to grasp and say, it's mine, I've got it. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm gonna start a brand new series teaching on your imagination. I have a brand new book out on this entitled The Power of Imagination, and the subtitle is Unlocking Your Ability to Receive from God. And you know, this is one of the most beneficial things I think that I could ever teach you. I'm really excited about sharing this with you because when the Lord began to reveal some things to me about my imagination and stuff, it has revolutionized this ministry. I could actually spend a week or two giving you just personal testimony about how this changed my life. You know, probably the second most important encounter that I've ever had with the Lord as far as the visible outer outward results, the change that it's made in my life happened on January the 31st, 2002. And I'm not gonna go into the whole teaching. I actually have an entire teaching on this entitled Don't Limit God. I've got a book out on it, CDs, and if you want more information, you could get that material. But on January the 31st, 2002, God spoke to me from Psalm 78, 41, and said that I was limiting him by my small thinking. And I know that may sound simple to people, but it was a major block in my life. I have known since the Lord first touched my life in 1968, I knew that God called me to something big, and within a very short period of time, I began to start having the desire to reach people all over the world, to have a worldwide ministry, to share these truths that God was using in my life with people all over the world. And within a short period of time, I knew that that was God's will for my life, His calling. And I've known for decades that I was supposed to be on television and on and on I could go. I knew what God's will for my life was, but I wasn't seeing myself accomplishing that. And there's multiple reasons for that. Again, I'm not gonna go into this other long teaching, but the point I'm trying to get across is, is when the Lord told me I was limiting him by my small thinking, the, one of the major things that happened was I began to take the limits off of my imagination. Now, even as I begin to say some of these things, I know that there's people watching this program who think, you know, imagination, that's fantasy. That's what children do with Disney World and things like this. And we, we need to be realistic. We need to be practical and stuff. The definition of imagination can include fantasy. I'm gonna go into these things in more detail as I get further into this teaching. But I'm not talking about fantasy. I'm talking about using your imagination to just be able to picture what God's will for your life is coming to pass. And again, many Christians think, well, this is similar to positive thinking, and uh, they think that, you know, you need to get away from this and just deal in reality. I'm gonna show you from a lot of scriptures that you use your imagination constantly. It's impossible not to imagine. You just have to, on purpose, uh, deliberately 
choose to imagine the right things instead of the negative things. There's a scripture in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, which I happen to have an entire teaching set on that uh, too, about uh, the keys to staying full of God. And one of the things that's listed in Romans 1, 21, it says their imagination became vain. Notice it didn't say that their imagination quit working. You can't live without an imagination. You're, you have one, and it's either working for you or it's working against you. You don't have a choice to just turn it off. It is working, and it's a driving force in your life, but you have to choose to use it for godly purposes to see what God is saying about you come to pass. Let me start here by going to Psalms 103 and in verse 14. Or let me just back up and read a few of these verses. This is so powerful if you take it in context. In verse uh, 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. Boy, this is powerful. You know, so many people present God as this harsh, cruel, uh, demanding, hard-to-please perfectionist that is just constantly upset every time we mess up. And yet the Scripture here, this is an Old Testament Scripture. Before Jesus arrived on the scene and gave us the perfect representation of God, uh, in the Old Covenant, there was wrath, there was punishment, there was rejection that we don't see in the New Covenant. But even under this Old Covenant, here's David saying that God is like a father that pities his children, has mercy on his children. Think about how you deal with your children. You know, if you're a good parent, you encourage them to do better and to do what's right. But when they mess up, you don't just rail on them. You don't reject them. You don't tell them that they're stupid and that you can't ever do anything right. If you do things like that, that's not a, being a good parent. If we, you know, Jesus said this in the New Testament in Luke chapter 11. He said, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And if you go to the verses right in front of that, he's saying if you ask for an egg, you know, will you give him a, a stone? Or if you ask for a piece of bread, will you give him a stone? If you ask for an egg, will you give him a serpent and stuff? You wouldn't treat your children that way. And if you will ask the Father, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So Jesus used this same logic. If we treat our children better than what God has been represented, then something is really wrong with that picture. God is more loving. He's more kind to us than any parent is towards their child. So this is saying that in the same way that we pity our children, so the Lord has pity on them that fear Him. And then look at this in verse 14. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust. Man, that is a powerful scripture. God knows our frame. Did you know the word frame is talking about like in a person? It, your spine is your frame, your skeletal frame that your whole body, you know, is built upon. And uh, God knows our frame. Did you know that the Hebrew word that was translated frame right here is the Hebrew word Y-E-T-S-E-R, Yetzer. And that word was translated mind in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. The Lord will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. And it's also five different times in the Bible it's translated 
imagination or imaginations. For instance, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, the Lord came down and He saw that the uh, imaginations of men's heart were only evil continually. Did you know that that's that exact same Greek word, excuse me, Hebrew word? And the reason I'm emphasizing this is to show you that when He says, He knows our frame, He remembers that we are but dust. This is saying that God sees our heart. God knows how we think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As He thinks in His heart, so is He. The way you think comprises everything that happens in your life. You can't go anywhere in your physical body that you haven't already been in your mind. Now, that's a huge statement, and I know that some people, that's a radical statement, and you, well, that's not so. It is so, and I'm going to be teaching this later. And uh, so your thoughts, it's like if you're in a tunnel, you just can't walk through uh, dirt and rock and things like that. You have to dig out this place and, and remove that material before you can step into that space. You can't do anything in your physical body that you haven't already done in your mind. You can't commit sin if you haven't already conceived it in your mind. Matter of fact, this exact word right here that was translated frame in Psalms 103, 14, it was translated mind in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and the word literally means conception. That is purpose. That's what it means. Did you know that your imagination, the way you think, is where you conceive things. It's conception. You know, in the same way that a woman can't just have a baby, it doesn't come by the stork, you don't get pregnant by standing next to somebody else who's pregnant and having them lay hands on you. I'm not going to teach on this, but hopefully everybody understands this. You have to conceive a child. That is the conception right there. This is saying that the frame, the mind, your, specifically your imagination, the same word was translated imagine or imaginations uh, five times in the Old Testament. Your imagination is your spiritual womb. And in the same way that you would think a woman crazy who's just praying to have a child, but she never has a physical relationship with the man, it is just as crazy for us to be praying for healing but have you ever seen yourself healed? To be praying for prosperity, but have you ever seen yourself prosperous? In my situation, going back to when I was talking about in 2002 and the Lord showed me I was limiting Him by my small thinking, the thing that happened was I would not let myself dream and think big. Now, I knew what God's will was. I knew that He had called me to have a worldwide ministry. I knew that. If you would have asked me, I could have told you. I could have even given you some specifics. But I wouldn't let myself see it. And there's multiple reasons for this. One of them is because every time I had tried to voice my vision and tell people what God had called me to do, people just ridiculed me. And back at that time, uh, our ministry was very small and people were staying away from my meetings by the thousands of people. And any time I began to speak about my vision and what God had called me to do, there was no physical evidence. There was nothing in the natural that looked like what I was saying was coming to pass. And so people would just criticize me. Sometimes it would be malicious 
and they'd say bad things. But, you know, the thing that hurt the most was when people who loved me and they meant well, and they'd just look at me like, well, you know, you're delusional. They wouldn't say it that way, but, you know, well, God bless you. And you could just tell that they weren't in agreement. And it was people that I respected and honored that they would criticize me. And so anyway, because of that, I just wouldn't allow myself to speak out my vision and I really wouldn't allow myself to see what God said about me coming to pass because it just caused problems in people. Also, I was fearful. I had seen a lot of people who God began to use that started out with a pure heart and then when they begin to increase and people begin to start coming to their meetings and things begin to start working, I'd seen a lot of those people turn away from the Lord and start reading their own press releases and get impressed with who they were and they lost their relationship with God. And I was fearful of success. Again, I'm not gonna go into all of the details and explain this. I've got a series entitled, Don't Limit God, that would explain that. You could call our helpline and these people can give you access to that or you can go to our website and get that material. But I'm just telling you, that I was actually fearful. I knew what God, I knew where God was leading me. I knew that someday I'd get there, but I was just in a situation where I was loving God with all of my heart. I was seeing people's lives change. In 2002, we were on television and we had approximately 3% of the American television audience able to get my program. And so it's not like we weren't reaching anybody and nothing was happening. We were seeing good things happening and people's lives changed. But I knew that God just had so much more. But I was afraid to, to sit down and see it coming to pass. And I'm not sure that I would have used this terminology right in 2002. But since then, the Lord has shown me that what I was, I was afraid to imagine the success because I was afraid that it might damage me, damage my relationship with the Lord. I was afraid of the criticism I'd get if I started speaking it and on and on. And for whatever reasons, it could be different with you, but many of us just won't allow ourselves to dream big and to see things happen. Part of it is that many of us have been taught that you know what, you just need to uh, focus on where you are. You have had life beat you down and tell you that you're a loser. You've tried things before and failed and you didn't like the pain that was associated with it, whether it was physical pain or emotional pain. And so you just draw back and you're shooting at nothing and hitting it every time. You are aiming low because you just don't think that, well, I just can't do this. You know, if I could talk to you personally, I've talked to lots of people, lots of people, I mean thousands of people about this. And if I could talk to you personally, I can, I can guarantee you that the majority of people watching this program right now believe that there is more for them than what they are experiencing. I can say that without, without any reservation. The majority of you believe that there is more, that you're missing out on some things. And if that's so, well, then why aren't you pressing and moving in that direction? Well, it's because people think I could fail. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of, afraid of criticism. They're afraid that people might mock them and all of these kind of things. And we have kind of this herd mentality where we just kind of fit into what everybody else is doing. 
But you know what? It's not the people who are just like everybody else who change the world. You can go look at whoever you want to, people that have made a significant difference, that I mean have literally changed the world, and every one of them dreams outside of the box. They imagine things that other people wouldn't even imagine. You know, I was just talking to some of my staff yesterday, and they were talking about some of the silly inventions that their kids have come up with, and they look at that and think, I could have done that. And people have made billions off of these little tiny things that they're doing. That, uh, and they said, why didn't I do that? And it's because we get so occupied with just trying to make a living, focus on where we are, and we aren't dreaming big about, God, what do you have for me? What are your plans for me? Your imagination, again, is your conception. The reason most people aren't giving birth to the things that they really desire in their heart is because they haven't allowed the conception to take place. I remember when I built a deck on my house, and it was like a three or four tiered deck. And I took a five-gallon bucket, and I set it outside of our door, and I would sit on that five-gallon bucket and just stare at this area and think and think and think. And I'd do this an hour at a time. My wife came out one time and thought, what are you doing? I was seeing that deck. I was going to build it, and I was seeing, you know, what layers. I'd, I wanted to see, I wanted to picture what the end result was going to look like before I ever got started. You don't sit down and just start building something without a plan or a picture of what it's going to look like. You know, when a builder builds something, they make these plans. When we built our buildings for Karis Bible College, I think it was a million and a half dollars that it cost me to pay these architects and have the plans drawn. And I spent a million and a half dollars before we ever moved the shovel's worth of dirt because you had to have a plan. You had to have a picture of what the end result was like. You couldn't just get a hundred people out there and say, build, build us a building. They had to all see the same thing. They had to be operating in agreement and cooperating with each other. You have to have a plan. Did you know if you are trying to get from where you are, let's just say that you're in Texas and you're trying to get to New York. Did you know if you don't have any idea of where you're going, if you don't have a destination in mind, well, then any old road will do. You could just take any road and head in any direction. But if you're trying to get from Dallas to New York, you have to picture where that is. You have to know the direction you're going. You have to either look at a map or have some kind of a GPS thing or something, but you have to move in a certain direction. You have to have an end goal inside. And if you're traveling a long distance, if it's going to take you more than one day to get there, you know what? You have to have some idea that you're going to have to spend the night along the way or do something. You have to Think about this. Do you know all of that is your imagination? You can, let me just say it this way. You, if you parked at a grocery store, did you know that you couldn't even find your car where you had parked if you don't have an imagination? You have a picture of where you parked. You remember it was on this side or that side of the mall or whatever, and you can picture. Now, you may not have spent enough time thinking about it, that you could remember exactly where you are, but you have a picture that when you come out the door, you either turn to the right or to the left, or you're at the very back of the thing. You have all of this pictured in your mind. You know what that is? 
That's your imagination. You couldn't find your car. You couldn't find anything. You know, recently, I left uh, my sunglasses on, on my desk uh, in my office, and when I got home, I forgot about it. And the next day, when I got to drive in that car, I didn't have my sunglasses. And I got to thinking, where are they? And I got to trying to remember, and all of a sudden, I saw those sunglasses exactly where I had left them. I saw them, and I was probably close to 20 miles away from my office. I didn't see them with my physical eyes. But as I was thinking, where did I have those sunglasses? I, I pictured myself laying them right there. I laid them on top of something thinking I'll remember that they're here. And yet I'd walked away and forgotten it. But when I was trying to remember, I saw them. I, I could tell you exactly where they are. I could have called somebody and said, they're right over here and tell them where it was because I could see it. You know what that is? That's your imagination. You use your imagination to give directions. You know, if you were to tell somebody how to get from where you are to the airport, you could sit there and say, well, you go out here and you turn left or right, whatever it is, and you go down, let's see, it's one, two, three, and four lights. You've probably never counted those lights. You don't know this just by memory, but you know what? You can see it. You can actually see yourself going down that road, and you can count the number of stoplights before you make a right turn or a left turn. You could tell a person that this building is over here. There's a bank or there's this uh, convenience store or whatever. You can see it. Even though you may be looking at a black wall, you could see it. That is your imagination. You can't give directions. You can't remember. You can't build anything. And you can't go anywhere in your physical body that you haven't already been in your mind, specifically your imagination. You have to conceive it. And if these things are so, which I'm saying, and they are, and I'm going to be showing you a lot of scriptures and proving this to you. If what I'm saying is true, well, then you know what? One of the reasons that people are praying for things, but they never see it come to pass is because they haven't conceived it in their imagination. The same way that a woman prays for a child, but if she hasn't had a physical relationship with a man, there is not going to be a second virgin birth. You can have people lay hands on you until they rub all the hair off the top of your head, and you are not going to have a virgin miracle. You have to conceive a miracle, and it starts in your imagination. God knows your frame, which is specifically talking about your imagination. That same word was translated imagination or imaginations five times, and it literally means conception. You have to conceive a miracle. This is how God made us. This is our frame. This is what holds everything else up. If you don't begin to use your imagination in a positive way, then that imagination will actually work against you. It will automatically become vain if you don't redeem it and begin to start using it in a godly way. So I've got this new book out on the power of imagination, and I tell you, this is a deal changer. I think it's going to be a real blessing to you. It's the first time we've offered it. We also have CDs and DVDs. We have live DVDs that were made from a meeting. We have uh, DVDs that were recorded from our television, and then we have a set of CDs. If you'll listen to our announcer, he will give you all this information about how you can receive this product, and I encourage you to please get it. This would transform your life.
SO LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER. PLEASE CALL OR WRITE TODAY AND JOIN ME AGAIN TOMORROW AS I CONTINUE TO TEACH ON THE POWER OF IMAGINATION. LEARN HOW TO PUT YOUR IMAGINATION TO WORK FOR YOU WHEN YOU GET ANDREW'S BRAND NEW BOOK TITLED, THE POWER OF IMAGINATION. THIS BOOK IS AVAILABLE FOR A GIFT OF ANY AMOUNT WHEN YOU CONTACT US. THIS NEW SERIES ON THE POWER OF IMAGINATION IS ALSO AVAILABLE AS A CD OR DVD ALBUM RECORDED LIVE FROM A GOSPEL TRUTH SEMINAR OR IN A DVD ALBUM MADE FROM OUR DAILY TELEVISION BROADCAST. EACH ARE AVAILABLE FOR A GIFT OF ANY AMOUNT WHEN YOU CONTACT US. THESE VALUABLE RESOURCES ARE ALSO AVAILABLE IN THE POWER OF IMAGINATION PACKAGE. THIS PACKAGE INCLUDES ANDREW'S BRAND NEW BOOK as well as your choice of the CD or the As Seen on TV DVD album. The Power of Imagination package has a catalog value of $50, but you can get it today for a gift of only $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Before you even have a need, God has already supplied your need. I know that all day long people are being blessed here and their lives are being changed. If there's anything you want to know about anything, then Jesus is the one. Folks, the moment you get saved, you ought to show the world what Jesus has done for you. I'm just enjoying being fed by people that have walked places that I haven't walked. If you lay foundations in people's lives, they will get a hold of grace. Because you can't be a pastor and do what a pastor does without grace. I feel like this is an opportunity at the minister's conference for ministers to receive the ministry that we need. You're gonna to speak to the mountain and it's gonna move, but first you gotta have faith in God. It's time for us to rediscover the full power of the Holy Spirit. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do, and I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis! The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you are created for a purpose.
Do you know what that purpose is? We've got a brand new feature on Gospel Truth TV, and that is the on-demand feature. And that's where if you aren't watching at the time your favorite program comes on, you can go back and get whatever you want to see on demand. It's a great new feature. Check it out at gospeltruth.tv.